message that God has given me today is entitled, How God's Word Works. You know, sometimes the Bible is something we may talk about, something we may reference, something maybe we read, but sometimes we need to see the significance of God's Word and how um, that Word works in and through our lives. Uh, I want you to bow your heads with me right now. I want to just open up with a brief prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we ask, Lord, that you might open our eyes, that we might see what you want us to see, open our ears, that we might hear what you want us to hear, Lord, and open our hearts, that we might receive what you want us to receive. May we not just be informed, Lord, but may this uh, transform us. In Jesus' name, amen. Just five brief things I want to share with you today. Some things you may already know and some things you may not and some things you just might need to have been reminded of. I often find that's the truth with Scripture. You could read the same Scripture one million times in your life and still need to hear it one million and one. Any of you can testify to that, you know? Or you read it before, you kind of remember it, but now you need it. Now you need it. So I'm going to begin with this. The first thing God's told me to share with you today is this, that God's Word, it fully equips us to do God's eternal will. God's Word, it fully equips us to do God's eternal will. The Bible is the only book that from Genesis to Revelation, from start to finish, it's been completely authored by God. doesn't mean that that, that you or I or somebody else can't read a good book and, and that that book couldn't point you to God. But, but whereas those um, books were, were maybe inspired by God or, or, or about experiences or what have you, everything in the Bible, it has been given to us um, from God and then it has been written down by man. It's like me telling you on Sundays, whether you believe it or not. I keep my ear to the ground, my heart, tuned into the Lord, and I say, God, I understand I've already prepared five or six messages here, and you're wanting me to throw them all away and preach this. That's how I get to this. I try to I always, it's a process that I find help, is helpful. The way sometimes to discover God's will is to eliminate what's not. And so you try to sort through, and so the Bible, it, it, it sometimes can serve as a filter, Okay. You put this down. It's got everything in your life, every decision in your life needs to pass the word test. Either God agrees with it or he doesn't. Either God is for it or he's totally against it. Listen, God's word is the number one way that God speaks to us. The number one way. No, it's the number one counselor. It's the number one go-to to hear God's voice. Even when you pray, even though prayer is powerful, even when you sing, even though worship is powerful, and, and even when you're encouraged by any, any particular uh, person, the, the straightforward way that God speaks to us is through his word. So if you want to hear God's voice, you've got to open up God's word. And the scripture says that God's word will tell you everything you need to know to live out God's will. It might not tell you everything you want to know. You may have, listen, all of us have a gazillion questions, but as far as the questions that matter most, that apply to, to our everyday life so that we can know God's plans for us, 
We've got to go to the Word. Look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all Scripture. I want you to say those first two words with me. All Scripture. Not some. Okay? We all, we all love to grab sometimes our favorites. Or we like to grab the things that we agree with. And we're like, I'm not so sure about that. Well, how, listen, how can you believe that it's God's Word and yet pick and choose what you believe? says, all scripture is God-breathed, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, I know I'm camping down a lot on this particular point because it's so important. Until you see the word of God as the word of God, you will just treat it as another book. Until you believe that the Bible is the authority is the final say on what is right and is wrong. Listen, just because something's legal does not mean it's right. Just because some things are illegal doesn't mean it's right. Listen, all Scripture, it, it equips us to do what God created us to do. There's only one person that knows the plans, and that's not you and me. So when you were born, and all of you, we're, we're born, and, and when you were born, the, the Scripture says God knit you together in your mother's womb. And when he knit you together, he knitted you together for a purpose. He created you for a purpose. And it's through his word, it is the primary Christian manual on how to live for the Lord. Now, I do want to state this. If you don't know the Lord... If you don't know the Lord and therefore you, you, you haven't asked Jesus Christ into your heart and life, you've not confessed Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you do not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within you. You have to say yes to God first, okay? And then if we say yes to God and we believe in Jesus and we said, hey, you know what, I want to follow Jesus the rest of my life, the way we know how to do that is we read about how Jesus lived and loved and we read about the Word of God, which Jesus said, hey, follow that. Matthew 6, 9 through 10, Jesus said, this is the way we're supposed to pray. He said, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think it's critical that you understand God's will often does not make sense, nor is it always celebrated. So you've got to be willing to go, hey, God, regardless of how foolish it may seem or, or how countercultural it is, if you say it, I believe it. If you call me and command me to do it, I'll do it. Listen, God's word reveals to us not just any plan, but God's eternal plan. And here's why that separates things. Earthly plans, they're only good and only matter for the moment. Eternal plans... They not only matter in this life, but they hold value for the life to come. God's word reveals to us eternal truth so that we can seek God's eternal will for our lives. Listen, 10 out of 10 of us in here are going to die. 10 out of 10 of us. And when we, get, when we stand before God, there's only two things I tell you that are going to matter. One, did you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior and Lord? Because you're not getting into heaven, but by grace through faith in Christ alone. And the other is, did you do God's will? Not did you think you were a good person, 
But did you do God's will? The Bible, if that's your desire to do God's will, the Bible can equip you with everything that you need to know. Look at Hebrews 13, 21. It says, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. You've heard this verse before. I don't have it on the screen. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. If you need light in your life, if you need clarity in your life, if you need peace in your life, you look to the word of God. It has something to say for anything and everything that matters. But secondly, God's word is full of hope that truly refreshes our soul. God's word, it is full of hope. That truly refreshes our soul. The reason why you should be running to the Word of God is because often the only place you can find hope is in the Word. If you didn't know the truth that could set you free, you would have to believe every lie that the devil's told you. See, the only way we, we counter the devil's lies is, is, is with God's truth. The only way we, we overcome our feelings of hopelessness is to go, okay, you know what? God's Word says there's hope in this, through this, and beyond this. All of our hope is believers in, in Christ. They, it relies on the, the finished work of Christ, and it re relies on God's promises. Listen, the Bible is God's love letter to all of us, and it is a book of promise to all who trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Billy Graham once said this. He said, the Bible is God's book for promises and unlike the book of men, it does not change or get out of date. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people, the younger the generation you go down to, well, that was, that was just relevant in your time. Well, considering the Bible was about 2,000 years old by the time it already got to me, um, it, listen, if it was good for your mama and you're good for your grandmama and your great-grandmama, it's good for you. The truth, listen, in a world that always changes, isn't it good to know that we have a God who never changes? In, 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 in a, uh, platforms that, that continually tell us one thing or another thing and always changing things, isn't it good to know that the Word of God, it will not let you down? You don't have to, listen, with the Word of God, you don't have to go, well, man, can I trust the author? Can I trust the author? Can I trust what I'm reading? You can, you can trust everything you're reading. The Bible shouldn't be looked at as something that you're like, well, man, I can't look at that and read that because all it's going to do is tell me things I can't do. Listen, anything God tells you that you shouldn't do is for your best. It is for his glory. It is to give you hope. Psalm 119, 114 says, your word is my source of hope. Listen, the Bible is a source of hope. You want to keep it close to you. You want to keep it by your bedside. You want to keep it on that phone app. Listen, God's word brings hope. And then with that hope, listen, a good word, a good word lifts a man. I think the scripture says anxiety weighs down the heart of a man. But a good word, a good word, it, it picks you up. It gives you hope. It refreshes your soul, Psalm 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. Listen, this world is full of pain, problems, heartaches, confusion, and you can easily break down. 
If you hadn't broke down before in this life, I'm, 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 I'm very proud of you, but I promise you I've broken down more times than I, than I can count. And sometimes you've got to break down in order to get down, as I've told you. Sometimes you've got to realize, hey, you know what? There is no hope in my ability. There is no hope in this world and whatever it does or does not do. The hope, the, the, the soul refreshment is in my hope in Christ and my hope in God's Word. Jesus says in Matthew 4.4, 4, the Scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. As soon as you read a scripture, I don't care if it's just one, that's God speaking. That's his, him, him speaking. That's his mouth. That's his heart. Listen, when it comes to the Bible, it is not good enough to own one. Most people, most, most of us in the Southeast, we own a Bible. And nowadays with these phones, we, we, got, them, we got them Bibles at our, at our fingertips. So you can do it whether you want other people to know you're reading it or not. You're able to read the scripture all the time. Sometimes, in fact, in your workplace, you might be like, my Lord, I'm just going to have to keep that verse right here in front of me the whole time. You know, and you'll be like, uh, like, like, for instance, some of you, you're like, I need to keep that verse that says, thou shalt not kill, just so I don't go Kung Fu Panda on anybody. <laughs> you know? Some of you, you need to keep the verse, uh, Romans 8, 28, God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them because you're like, my Lord, my life just doesn't feel like this has any purpose. You swallowed up pain. But I said, when it comes to the Bible, you need to read it. You need to study it. You need to meditate it, meditate on it because that is where the Bible says, it, listen, the, the word of God is just as important as, as eating and drinking. It's, it's, it is so vital to spiritual nourishment. If I had to pick two things that I would do with my faith, it would be reading God's Word and prayer. You cannot live without either one of those. Not a thriving life. Job 23, 12, a man who went through everything under the sun. He said, I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. If you've ever been in a really tough season where you felt like you lost all control, then you know what it's like to, to know that, hey, you know what, it's me, it's me, me, oh Lord, standing in a need of prayer. But you also know um, what it feels like for every piece of hope that you can find in Scripture while you feel absolutely hopeless, how that is water to a thirsty, dying soul, isn't it? Man, I, I, that just made me think about it. I've, I've seen... I've seen so many people die, okay? It's not something I sit around and go, oh, man, I saw so many people die. I'm just telling you. I've, seen, I've watched so many people take their last breath. But I've seen two kinds of people take their last breath. Those who knew they had hope and those who just wondered what was on the other side and were scared to death. The only way you have hope is you know God's word, you believe God's word, and you trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Listen, God's Word tells us that blessed is the man. You can read Psalm 1 sometime. Look, put that down. Put that in your reading. Psalm 1. Read the whole thing. But it says, blessed is the man who meditates on God's Word both day and night. It, it even goes on to say, um, you know, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And that everything that, that that person who's rooted in God's word and, and living by faith, everything they do, they do prospers, it says. 
everything. That's something I rest on a lot of times. It's not self-righteousness, but God knowing in my heart that to the best of my ability, every day I wake up and morning, day, or night, I'm going to try to do things his way. I don't want to take a shortcut. I'm not looking as a pastor. I'm not looking to see how many people I can get at a church. I'm not looking to see how many pats on the back I can get. I'm looking to see, am I in line with God's word? And am I staying faithful? Listen, plenty of people around you will, 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 will take other paths. You got to make sure that you stay dialed in in scripture because don't think that the devil can't snatch you right off the track you're on. It happens all the time. I see good earnest people all the time falling off the wagon, going somewhere they never thought they would go because they thought that they no longer needed to, to live obedient to God's commandments. They, they were like, hey, I'm going to heaven and uh, you know, I'll just wait on that. In the meantime, I'm going to live it up. But, but let me help you understand. The only true joy and happiness comes in knowing that you are in tune to God and knowing that you're walking with God. Psalm 119, verse 35, in the Good News Translation says, Keep me obedient to your commandments, because in them I find happiness. But thirdly, God's Word, it transforms us when it is believed in our heart. God's Word, it transforms us when it is believed in our heart. You know, my theory on why so many people that have been in churches all their life show no sign of transformation is because they have the word in here, but they don't have the word in here. See, up here is just information. Down there is transformation. When something has your heart, it will have your life. When something is believed in the heart, it brings transformation. Listen, God doesn't want us to just hear the word. He wants you to believe it in your heart. By the way, the, the Word of God is so powerful that no matter how much strength I have, and no matter whether I'm sitting or standing to share God's Word, I've learned just let the Word and the Spirit do the talking, do the working. Listen to what it says about God's Word, Hebrews 4, 12 through 13. It says, for the Word of God is alive and powerful, it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. By the way, some people don't want to come to church or hear anybody read any, any of the Word. You know why? Because the Word of God exposes that they're not living in the will of God. It says, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the only one to whom we are accountable. There's two big things you need to hear right there. One is that, that God knows everything. So you can run, you can hide from anybody else. You can't run from God. God sees everything in full view. And at the end of the day, the very person who actually knows everything about you is the person that will, will be the person that, that, that you have to give an account to at the end of your life. In fact, you have to give an account to it every day of your life because when you're outside of God's will, um, God is not going to bless someone who is willfully, consistently disobeying him. Listen, we all fall short every day, don't we? By grace through faith. But, but there's a difference in continuing 
in a pattern, in a sin that you know God's not pleased with. Listen, you cannot have a close relationship with God and yet still be intentionally living outside of his will. It doesn't work that way. You can call on God anytime, but your first, your first prayer needs to be, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me and draw me back close to you. I'm broken. I'm open. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into you. Listen, God is the one that we will give an account to one day. Do you know when a person comes to know the Lord, when a person's saved, it is not just a vocal decision. It is not just, hey, I'll go through a class. I have no problem with people going through some class to, to, to learn more about their faith or, or, or to confirm what they know about their faith. But the only way that you, that you come to Christ by faith and by grace is it is a heart decision, okay? Mama or daddy can't make a child except Christ. Nobody, a pastor, cannot make anyone believe in Jesus Christ. You have to make that decision. And when you make that decision, it is a heart decision between you and God. Romans, 9, Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. I preached a lot of funerals where no one could tell me, no family or friend could tell me whether their loved one ever accepted Christ, okay? In fact, I've preached more of those than I have the others. And, and the thing that I tell them, they say, well, do you think he's in heaven? Do you think this or that? I think that that's not my call. Does that make sense? That's not my call. You can't go by what you see, I see, or anything else. That is a heart decision. If somebody makes that heart decision, regardless of whether or not they are in a difficult place or don't look real Christian to you, it is by grace through faith alone that we find the Lord. And you need to ask yourself, have you made that heart decision? Because when Jesus has your heart, he'll have your life. When Jesus has your heart, you will no longer be able to just roam through your old sinful ways, but you will have the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 119, 10 and 11 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By the way, this applies to older people too. By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen, you never get to a point or never should get to a point if you're growing in Christ that you try to make yourself an equal with God. He is always the Father. We are always his children. And so we, we need to come to him as, as children and come to him and seek him with all our hearts and, and go, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to stop? What do you want me to start? It's, it's, it's a childlike faith that you have, to, you have to maintain. I mean, I used to think as a pastor, man, I need to get this done. I need to make that happen. I need to make that happen. I'm so glad that God took me off that hamster wheel. And sometimes, listen, I really believe one of the reasons why God let my body sort of collapse on me was so I could decrease, okay? I, I don't have to like it, but to see it. I like the impact that it can make, okay? And I've told the Lord many a time, said, I said, God, if this is what it takes to keep me humble and hungry and to get me out of the way and to let you have your way, so be it. Listen, you've got to make sure 
that you are leaning and looking to the Word of God and that you're not just hearing it, okay? You know how a sermon makes a difference? It's not what you hear and it's not what you write on a piece of paper. It's what you choose to believe in your heart and you choose to go out and live out in your life. Which brings me to number four. God's Word, it sets us apart when we learn to live it out daily. It sets us apart. God's Word sets us apart when we learn to live it out daily. When you surrender your life to Christ, your life will change. And you won't have to tell others. They will see the change. People can also see the change when once you were letting the Lord lead you, once you were letting his word be the final say in your life, but, but then you drift from that. Billy Graham says, let the study of the Bible become central in your life, not just so that you will know it, but that you will obey it. See, the Bible's like, like a tool. It's a tool God uses to inform us and guide us and all that. But, it, but it's meaningless if we don't use the tool. If we never open up the Bible that we have and we don't look to it before we take that next step. Listen, you cannot know God's will. It's not possible without knowing God's word. And again, if something that you're doing or I'm doing does not agree, and God's word doesn't agree with it, then our hearts should not agree with it. James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25 says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. That's what we call religion. For if you listen to the word and you don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget and, 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 and walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Listen, when you do the right thing and you continue to take the next right step that God's word, that God's word agrees with, you can be sure that you are on the blessed path. Look at Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. We could sit here for 12 hours and just listen to the word of God and yet it changed nothing if it's not put into practice. Listen, our true act of worship, the scripture says, is obedience, is loving God and living for God because of how much God loves us and his son gave up his life for us. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, this is truly the way to worship him. That's God calling. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I want you to look back at that. It says God will transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know God's will for you. You cannot know God's will without making sure you know God's word on that particular matter. I think most of you know I'm a, I'm a very... Um, I'm a very topical pastor, okay? It's just what I believe in. There's nothing wrong um, with, with people taking things verse by verse. That's called expository preaching. But I believe that the average person 
um, who hasn't been to seminary and, and, and stuff, uh, you, you need to hear, okay, what does God's word say about that? And how do you live obediently through that? How do you have hope in that? Write this scripture down, John 15, 5 through 8. John 15, 5 through 8. Uh, first of all, John 15, 5, that's my life verse. That's in the front of all my Bibles. Uh, and Jesus said, um, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll, you'll bear much fruit. But he also says, if my word remains in you, then you'll bear much fruit. Listen, you got to make sure that you, you're feeding yourself enough of God's word that is able to help you overcome Satan's lies because you've got a gazillion voices coming at you morning, day, and night. You've got to make sure that you're tuning in to, to God's voice. That's why we've got to make, a, make an appointment to sit down with the word of God. Last but not least, number five, God's word stabilizes our life when we build life on it. God's word, it stabilizes our life when we build life on it. The word of God is not supposed to be something that you reach for sometimes. It is to be the primary guiding force of rights, wrongs, and life's decisions. You ever notice that a house, the first thing they build is not the house, it's the foundation. Because if the foundation is not right and the foundation is not strong enough, ultimately that house is either going to come down or sink in, but that house is not going to be able to stand strong. No marriage, no home, no person, no anything can stand strong, even businesses. Nothing can stand strong if God is not for it and if God is not the foundation under it. Ultimately, you know, some people say, oh, man, do you see what so-and-so's getting away with? They seem to get to do whatever they want. Ain't nobody getting away with nothing. You, you, they, might not get, they might not reap what to sow this side of heaven, but I promise you this, you cannot have full joy and peace in the Lord and be outside of the will of God. Charles Stanley said this. He said, God's word is a stabilizer in our lives. Within its pages, we find comfort, strength, guidance for every situation in life. But if we choose to live without the Bible, we won't have the assurance of God's promises to help us through hard times. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Jesus said, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Listen, the Word of God can help you hold on when you don't feel like you can hold on no longer. The Word of God can give you peace when no peace is able to be found in your situation or your circumstance. The Word of God will steer you the right direction when you can't see any direction. Psalm 18.30 says, As for God, His way is perfect. The Lord's Word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. You know what the good thing is? It don't matter where you've been. 
what matters is where are you and where you're going. God, God, is, God is a master at taking people who feel like they have screwed everything up and completely repurposing all of that and doing something that you never dreamed or imagined. I'm going to say this strongly to, to anybody who just will hear it. If you decide today that from this day forward, whether anybody goes with you, as for you and your house, you're going to serve the Lord, your promise is sure your peace will be there. You will get through anything and everything the rest of your life. I, 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 just, I just believe God is just looking out and he's going, listen, when will all these people quit playing church? I've told you before, I can't stand to play church. We play church, I wouldn't be here. I didn't, I didn't come here to play church. I didn't come here to bring a sermon. I came here so that the power of God might be experienced in somebody's life. And I want, I want you to hear me today. If God spoke to you in any form or fashion, take it to heart. Not my word, his word. Take it to heart. Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Would you bow your heads with me? Dimly Father God, as we open up this altar time, as we extend this invitation that you extend us all, God, with your arms stretched out of love and grace and plans for us. God, I pray each and every person right now would run into your arms. God, I pray each and every person here today would truly surrender their heart and life. God, I pray every person in here would believe that regardless of their past and regardless of their present, Lord, you still have a bright, bright future and hope for them, Lord. They can't get there alone. And Lord, they don't have to get there alone. You're going to walk with them. But God, I pray that each would decide, Lord, in their heart, first of all, God, that they are going to believe in you and they're going to love you with all of their heart mind, soul, and strength. God, that they are going to follow your son, Jesus Christ, and the way he showed us to live and to love. And God, I pray, Lord, that they decide that they're not only going to look to the Bible, but Lord, they're going to believe the Bible and begin to allow it to be the roadmap for their life, God. Lord, they don't have to speculate on the most important things. God, they can lean in and look to you, and you'll give them the answers that they need. God, we thank you that your word is a light and a lamp for our path. And hope, God, in a dry and thirsty land. Lord, just be in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen.